it's always hard to, to figure out how to navigate uh, through some of the things that just happen around us. Um, uh, this last couple weeks has, has been that. Um, we as a staff talk about these things and go, okay, what do we do? Um, what do we change? And, and, and I appreciate hearing from Pastor Len and hearing his heart on the loss, on the tragedy. And so we talk about these things and we, we kind of decide going, okay, how do we move into this? And we realized quickly that, you know, through this time, God's not surprised. It's horrible, but he's not surprised. And so we discussed, well, do we, do we change things up? And we decided, we, we prayed about these messages months ago, and we felt God set that on our heart. And so we decided, because God doesn't, isn't surprised, and because, honestly, this message speaks to one of the solutions, if not one of the biggest solutions to all the chaos and tragedy in our world, that we're going to move with what God said, God said on our heart weeks ago. And so we're going to move into our last message today of our four-week series, What Does God Say About? And so I hope that you'll just open up your hearts and your minds to this moment. I, I had to have Jake get me water the first service because that last song, I blew my voice out singing and praising Jesus because ultimately that's all we have. So we're going to jump in here. And, and so I'm betting after these three previous weeks, we saw men, women, youth. You probably thought Sean's going to talk about old people today. And in a way, I am. In a way, I am. But not just because of age or chronology, but about our journey and our faith. Today, we're going to talk about legacy. And it's neat that it falls on Memorial Day weekend. We're going to talk about what does it look like for us to walk the things that we've heard over these last few weeks forward as a body. What does it look like for us to interact with those unique perspectives? And we've heard through this whole series, this common thread, that it starts with Jesus. It starts with abiding in him. And I hope you heard that from our women the first week, our men the second week, and especially from our youth last week. That without that solid foundation, it doesn't matter where you fall in your unique perspective. It will crumble if it's not built on Christ. And that is true today as we walk into this idea of legacy. What does it look like to build a lasting legacy of faith as we journey through our sanctification and, and through our time with the Lord? Well, guess what? The scripture talks about it. But before we get into that, I want to say this. this. This message may be a calling out. And I'm saying I'm going to call us all out. This is something that we have to hear as, as not just obligation within our faith and our journey and our commitment to the Lord, but as a blessing, a commandment, obedience. So I'm going to call us out to, together collectively as a body. And I also want to say this, that over the last three weeks, we've prefaced each message by saying, hey, this may not be specifically for you. 
We've said to the men the first week, to the woman, the women the second week, to, to those of us who aren't youth <laughs> last week. And I'm going to do it again, but it's going to be a little different. I'm going to say this. This message is for those who have surrendered their lives to the Lord, who have given everything to Jesus. As John 15 says, they are abiding in Christ. Church, this is for you. Now, like we've said every week, we've also said to those who are in the room who don't fall into that category, hear us. It's also going to be for you too in a way. And in this week, if you have not committed your life to the Lord or you're still struggling with those questions or you're still walking that path and have not made that final step, hear me, this message is for you because what you're going to hear today hopefully will be encouraging that you will see and hear what the people around you are called to do. That they're called to love and care for you. To come alongside you. To be a committed body, accountable to each other. I hope you walk away encouraged and going, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of a group of people who do that. Because ultimately, it's about love. It's about relationship about caring for each other. So I want to preface the message with that by saying, set your expectations, open your heart, your mind to what follows. You see, scripture is very clear. For us to build a lasting legacy of faith, it means a couple things. The best way to leaving that meaningful legacy is to look forward, in front of you, and back, behind you, and side to side. It's a call for those who have gone before you, for them to pour into you. For those of us who are a few steps ahead to look behind us and go, how do I carry these folks along with me? For those who are in that place of going, I need more, it's to look ahead of you and go, who can I come along with? Who can pull me through this journey? And then finally, this idea of side to side, looking to your left and to your right and going, who's walking the same journey right now? How do I lock arms with them? How, how do we grow together in this faith journey? The goal ultimately is not for our glory, those folks who are pouring into others or, or for those who are getting poured into just to accept and take, take, take. It, the goal is building the kingdom of God together. Using what God has given us, has blessed us with to bless others so that his kingdom moves forward. And how fitting is this after we walk through the book of Acts? It was all about kingdom building. We've heard all these unique perspectives we're moving into the Jesus next door message. How appropriate is it for us to hear that our part is a big part to play? And in Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, starting in verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints. Saints, that's those of us who have given our lives to the Lord, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children 
tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You see, the message that Paul is giving to the church in Ephesus is, listen, we are to grow. We're not just talking about numbers here. We're to grow in our maturity, in our stature, in our reputation, in the community. We are to grow this church forward, and that takes people to do that. We can't do that alone. And hear me, this starts at the moment you meet the Lord, the moment that you surrender your life to the Lord, until glorification, until you meet him one day. It's that idea from death to life to life abundant, and then life eternal. We're all called to this, and we're equipped with gifts and talents, both natural and, and spiritual, both experience and wisdom, we all play a part. And here's one of those moments that I want to call us out together. It starts at the very beginning. If you know Jesus, it starts there. And it never stops, no matter how old you are. From the time you are saved by grace, you can look forward to someone ahead of you and join in with the journey. Join them, be pulled along in their wisdom and experience. And likewise, you who just met the Lord, you can start right now. You can start this moment of looking behind you because here's the deal. You have something to give away. If you know Jesus, if you have surrendered your life to him and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have enough to pull someone along with you. Now, for those who just met Jesus, that may be someone who doesn't know Jesus. We're all called to that, folks. We're all called to search out and share the gospel of those who don't have it in their lives. But you also have enough to grab someone else up who's a baby Christian and start walking the journey together. You have what it takes through the Holy Spirit to start leaving a legacy of faith. And hear me on this for those of us who are older. And that's until you're called home to Jesus. You never stop. You never graduate. You never age out. You never stop looking behind you for someone to share the truths of Jesus that God has revealed to you. Through multiple stages of life, you know, some, you're a parent. You're going to be sharing that with your kids, your peer groups. If you're grandparents, your grandchildren, those of us who have kids with their families and their friends, their parents, you never stop. And likewise, there's never a time that you shouldn't be looking for someone to pour into you. I don't care how many times you've read through the Bible. I don't, know, I don't care how many times you've been in Bible studies. I don't care how many times you've led Bible studies. You never stop looking for someone to pour into you. You never get to a place where you know enough, have enough, been transformed enough. There is always someone who can pour into you. 
We don't retire from any of this. Get that westernized cultural thing out of your head. We never, ever retire from looking behind, looking ahead, and locking arms side by side. I hate when I hear people go, I've already done that. <laughs> and I would say hate is a strong word, but it, it, I, that's a feeling that comes up into me sometimes. When they say, well, I've already served my time. Have you met Jesus yet? You're not done. Have you got to glorification? Are you, are you sitting in heaven looking down on this? You have got more time. You're not done yet. We're all called to this. Paul models this in scripture. If you look in Titus chapter two, Paul is speaking to Titus who is a younger kind of mentoree of Paul. He's a guy that Paul pulled along with him and he writes to Titus, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slave to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to our own their own households. That word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity <clears throat> and dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may not put, shame, put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bond servants are to be submissive. It's a huge word. It's almost a swear word, submission and submissive. I know that. Let's change it. Submission in the economy of God is blessing. It's obedience. It's eternal and transformative. In their own matters and everything, they are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly possessions or passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. We are called to help the kingdom move forward, to build up the church and all those things. We're to look behind us and go, what can I do to help that along? And we're to look ahead of us and go, how do I humble myself? It's about humility and submission. It's putting ourselves in a place of obedience. For those who are ahead, you also need to be in a place of humility and obedience. Sacrificing for those who need your wisdom and experience. We heard last week up here, and I hope you heard it from our youth, especially from Wyatt, when he said, listen, we want this interaction. We want you to be a part of our lives. Again, this isn't just about age. It's also where you are in faith. 
Someone could come to know the Lord right now in their 40s and they need someone to walk along with them, to grow in this. But for those folks who were up here last week, did you hear them? They want you to turn around and see them and join them. We need them too. For those of us who are older in our age and faith, we need them too. We need their unique perspective. We need to see those who are currently carrying and will carry the truth of Christ into the next generations. We need their energy, their young faith. And in some ways, we need their their perspective as less marred by humanity and time. It's that childlike faith that Christ speaks about. This isn't a one-way street. We are going to be richly blessed together in this journey because you see, in Christ's economy, it doesn't matter where you are in your faith or age, in Christ's economy, we're brothers and sisters. You've heard it said multiple times that those who are younger in their faith, no matter their age, don't receive a JV Holy Spirit. They are just as much as part of the body as we are, and we should be jumping in to help them along. The other way to build meaningful legacy is this idea of side by side. Finding those who are more closely related to who you are in your phase of life. These are, these are the folks that you're going to lock arms with. These are the familiar relationships. You know, one group, your closest friends. The, these are the folks who are around you, who will cry with you, that will pick you up, that will laugh with you, that will experience milestones at the same time. They love you, they'll call you out, and they'll catch you when you fall. Another side-by-side relationship for some of us is our spouses. For those of us who are married, those are the closest relationships that we have on this earth. Those are the ones that we come alongside and we nurture faith on this journey together. I know that some of you struggle right now, you're struggling right now with a spouse who is either very young in their faith or doesn't know Jesus at all. Don't give up. Pour into them. Love them like Jesus, because Ephesians chapter 5 says that Christ loved the church and he gave himself for her. The whole idea is there is he died for the church. And, and that is what we are called to as spouses, for those that will be called into marriage at some point. Hear me on this, and I, I, I work with young adults a lot, and, and I know sometimes you get into a relationship and now you're in, but don't missionary date. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's, that's you purposely getting into a relationship with someone who doesn't know Jesus in the hopes that you will lead them to Jesus as part of your dating relationship. Don't do that. Help them get to know Jesus first. Start off equally yoked. Do the journey together. But I get it, sometimes that doesn't happen. But if you have the opportunity, don't. The faith journey will be richer because of it. For those of you who have not been called into marriage or will not be called into marriage, first, know there's no shame in that. Singleness is just as important a call as marriage. One of my dearest mentors, and he spans a lot of these categories, 
One of my dearest mentors, he's in his 80s now, never married. He's, he's my Paul. And he brought along so many people with him. He was never called into that relationship. And he is leaving such an incredible legacy of faith. But know this, for those of you who aren't called into marriage, you still need to be in a side-by-side relationship. You still need to have those close, familiar relationships, no matter your marital status. And, And as a side note, before we bring the panel up here, All of this stuff, that idea of forward and back, the side to side, if you have asked yourself over these last couple weeks, what is the answer to our problems? Pundits are going to throw things out there. Politicians are going to throw things out there. Well-meaning, well-intentioned people are going to throw things out there. But the only answer is Jesus. And this This idea of discipleship, this idea of walking with folks, this idea of going, who can I bring along? Who can I lock arms with? Who can pour into me? That will start fixing the problems. Because we're being called into being more Christ-like in these relationships. We're being called to say, like 1 Corinthians 11 says, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. This isn't for my glory. It isn't for your glory. You're not out there going, hey, I'm going to get into a relationship where I can pull someone along so they can see how great I have it, how good I am at this. I hope they see quite the opposite. They see authenticity and transparency from you and go, oh my gosh, I'm not as messed up as I thought I was. And look, this person got through it. This person leaned on Christ. This person relied solely on the Holy Spirit and his power in them. I can do that. And now, hey, I got a friend behind me that I'm going to tell the same thing. Folks, this is what fixes things as we move along. This is what brings our personal lives more in line with Christ. This is what brings our family life more in line with Christ. This is what brings our church more in line with Christ. This is what brings our community, our world, is when we take the truths of Christ, bury them in us, and make them everything we are, and then share them with others. So as I'm going to invite the the panelists that come up, as they come up, here's my call. After hearing this message, look for ways to do this. Look for ways to be blessing others. Look, look for ways that in those blessings, you're going to be blessed. Will you consider broadening that to make it part of your personal practice of legacy building? Let me pray for us. Father God, You have called us already in your scripture to be, ma- be makers of disciples. Not because of what we have, but because the authority you have given and the change that you have made in us. Father God, please help us to look around, to see those who need this, that need to grow, that need the encouragement, that need a place to just be heard and listened to. Give us what you want to see 
your will to grow the kingdom of your faith journey around us. In Jesus' name, amen.